Welcome to another gathering of the Gold Key Adventurers Society. Have a seat by the fire as we prepare to help you unlock the secrets of the travel life. From theme park thrills to Purple Mountain's majesty, we want to see it all and do it all, and we want to help you do the same. We all have those bucket list trips, once-in-a-lifetime destinations that we'll get to someday. We're here to help you make your travel dreams a reality. Buy the ticket, take the trip. Where do you want to go? Come on, come on, come on, now tell me what's on your bucket list. Okay, hey, okay, hey, it's a beautiful day. Okay, hey, okay, hey, it's a beautiful day. Nice to meet you. Please allow us to reintroduce ourselves and our show to all the newer listeners out there. But first, travel news, including the return of food and wine to Epcot, United Airlines goes boom for supersonic flight, and things are getting spooky at SeaWorld Orlando. Put on your name tag and get ready for the icebreakers. It's time to hit the trail with the Gold Key Adventurers Society. Now that travel is starting to thrive again and people are listening to more podcasts as they resume their daily commutes into their lame day jobs, it occurred to me that we have a lot of newer listeners who don't know a whole lot about the bunch of oddballs whose discussions about theme parks and travel they've been listening in on. We're going to clear up all that confusion right after we cover some travel news, but first, there's few things I hate during a getting acquainted session more than an icebreaker game. In the spirit of the age old question, what would you do for a Klondike bar? I was wondering, what would you do to get out of playing an icebreaker game? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I love icebreaker games. Uh, my favorite icebreaker question is, how much does a polar bear weigh? I don't know. How much does a polar bear weigh? Enough to break the ice. Hi, I'm Zach. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, I, I was trying to come up with a good answer. To, uh, Oh, oh, I'm guys. I'm going through a tunnel. I, oh, I can't play, play the game right now. Oh, play without me. Play. My solution is keeping the same job for 15 years and never having to work with other people. <laughs> if I stay isolated in the cab of my crane, then I don't ever have to answer a dumb question about a polar bear or I don't even know what counts for an icebreaker game these days. It's been a while. You could always tell everyone you voted for the previous president that no one's going to want to talk to you. Ice broken completely away. <laughs> America. <laughs> Spread your golden wings. Something eagle dreams. <laughs> Something what eagle does an dreams. eagle dream about? <laughs> Sherman Brothers wrote that. That's, that's, that's what they wrote. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly what they wrote. <laughs> Well, our show this week is brought to you by Key to the World Travel. Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency specializing in theme parks, cruising, and destinations around the world. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com for more details and a no-obligation quote on the vacation of a lifetime. Jess, the most exciting and happiest time of the year is here, isn't it? Oh, yes. We have details on the return of the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. And I'd like... To note uh, out of the gate that this this is not a touch, this is not a dollop, this is not a whiff, <laughs> this is smidge. No, this is uh, being presented as the standard international food and wine festival. Um, oh no, this isn't standard. This is the XL edition. Yeah, well, you might call this. Yeah, this you is... might call this. You might call this the International Food Wine Food and Wine Festival Magnum. Yeah, it, well, it begins <laughs> July fifteenth and runs through when my grandchildren get married. Um, uh, no, it actually, it runs through November 20th. So yeah, this is the 
longest food and wine festival we've ever gotten. God. I, Let's see. That's approximately, carry the 329 days. Yeah, they're just going to stretch like, these out so that there is no time in between any festivals anymore. I mean, that's... That is one third of a year. It's a lot. That's, um, it's, that's one full it's, season. It's arguably their their biggest, most popular festival. So makes sense they'd, they'd stretch it out, especially after the, the year everybody's had, I think. There will be a lot more drinking around the world in the next <laughs> year or so. Um, but yeah, this year we've got uh, dishes, including those from Hawaii, Australia, Germany, Canada, and Greece, as well as new global marketplace concepts coming to the Morocco Pavilion, which has been getting a refurb lately. So they're... Yeah, I think they said, is that what they're reopening Tangerine Cafe for, probably? I think so, yeah. Yeah, they're just finishing up all the the new touches, the new Disney touches they added since uh, they got the pavilion from the government of Morocco. So now AKA removing the giant penis. Yeah. They took that down. They put a a lot more color into the area, which, you know, I apparently it somewhat goes against what the original intention of it being completely uh, authentic and, and whatnot. So, Uh but it it looks nice. The touches look nice. And, um, but along with that, they're going to also have, instead of the usual, um, lower grade B bands that come through like Sugar Ray and, and the Baja men searching hey, oh, for the, oh, oh, hey, always hey. searching for who let those dogs out. Um, oh, and Smash Mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, this year uh, we're going to have more performances from El Mariachi and the Jammeters and uh, as well as um, a, a new concert series that will be local bands from across central Florida that are going to play at the America garden stage playing popular songs oh. of yesterday and today. So just like those infomercials I used to fall asleep to in high school. <laughs> and uh, as well as the Remy's Ratatouille Hide and Squeak Scavenger Hunt will be returning. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm glad they're giving us dishes this year. I'm tired of them put, pouring hot food into my hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a big slop. Oh, and I, I, I'm not excited about the cover bands, but I do think it is cool that they are, you know... They already contribute so much to that uh, local economy, but even more so by hiring local bands, I think is a cool. Yeah, it's it's nice that, you know, they they obviously couldn't line up the usual Christopher Cross performances that they they have in the past. So and they've they've been doing that a lot more lately, like with uh, with Gideon's um, come to Disney Springs. What's that other one that came um, like pig? Light pig, yeah. Uh, so I like that they're reaching out to these local businesses, or the, or the local businesses are reaching. Out. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So yeah, everybody, get ready for three years of food and wine, and then I can't wait. <laughs> and then we'll never have to miss it because it will just always be. It's, it's perpetual food and wine. It's always <laughs> in my. It's always food and wine in my heart. That's <laughs> true. Why it's so engorged. Jess, have you been listening to the Disney dish with Jim Hill again? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you keep saying Ratatouille just the way Jim Hill does. That might be a slight jab. I don't know. Maybe. You hit that tap yeah, really Ratatouille. hard. Ratatouille. <laughs> Ratatouille. <laughs> I like it. It makes me giggle every, every time. Word, so. That's true. You know what else is exciting? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Adventures by Disney has uh, released some. Uh, some even more new adventures. They've been been having a, a lot of new itineraries that they've announced over the last 
I don't know, 15, 16 months or so. It seems like once they had to stop traveling, they started putting out new things for people to look forward to in the future. Um, they had to do something with their time. That's right. They, they, and they spent that time planning up, uh, coming up with plans for new adventures uh, for you to go on. Uh, in addition to some of those new river cruises they announced, some other trips, uh, they, they just announced a whole bunch of uh, additional private itineraries that you can book. Um, these are private versions of uh, of adventures that they already had, but they are the, the group is limited to 12 guests maximum, and also most of them don't have a minimum age for travelers, so you can really bring the whole family. The Peru and South Africa trips do have a minimum age of six and up, but but then the one that I thought was exciting is uh, they're adding a new trip in North America to an area of the country that they've been kind of missing from. Um, they they announced a long uh, New England land adventure starting May of 2022. Uh, it's an eight day seven night tour that uh, starts in the coat fact the coat capital of the world Burlington Vermont. And uh, travels through. <laughs> Get a nice suit. Uh, yeah, and I think I think that's also near where Ben and Jerry's is. Oh, so maybe yeah. you can get a suit, and, uh, a pea coat, and some ice cream. Is the next uh, stop the Nuke vis- Warehouse? <laughs> You're gonna love your adventures by so. Disney, and well, I guarantee. You know, it makes sense now why all these TikTokers have been finding all this Disney Parks merchandise in Burlington Coat Factories. Now, it all makes sense. Synergy. There's some sort of secret cabal between the Burlington Coat Association. Um, you also visit the White Mountains of New Hampshire and head on into Maine. You visit Bar Harbor, Maine. Uh, stops include, and this is something I'm really excited about. That I didn't know that this was a thing until I was researching for a family trip we're taking to Vermont next month. Apparently, the Von Trapp family from uh, Sound of Music, but the real ones came to America and they have this palatial lodge in the middle of Vermont that is now operated as an inn and uh, like a resort, kind of like ski resort. And in the summer months, you can, I don't know, roll down the hill or something. Uh, but there's also a cemetery there where the entire Von Trapp family, the captain, Maria, and all of their whole slew of children are all buried right there in the middle of Vermont. And you can go see uh, their their graves. Did they all so, die at the same time? I think so, yeah. What happened? Uh, blimp. Fire. Really? I gotta look this up off air. Sorry. <laughs> oh, are, are, y'all tell, are y'all telling the truth or are you joking? I don't know. I have no idea. I... No, I'm joking. Well, I'm joking oh. about the blimp fire and them all dying at the same time. But no, they are all uh, buried uh, oh. at the family lodge there in Vermont. You don't um, joke about blimp fires. That was a real thing back then. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen The Sound of Music, so I didn't know if you were referring to a scene at the end of the movie or not. You don't have five hours to devote to it? <laughs> No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So uh, after frolicking on the mountaintop with Maria at the Trap Family Lodge, uh, you can also take an afternoon cruise on Lake Champlain. Uh, you do get to v- visit the Ben and Jerry's factory where you can see the graveyard of abandoned flavors, mm. uh, <laughs> which is exciting. Uh, visit Acadia National Park, Mount Washington, and uh, go out to the uh, the rocky rocky shores of the Atlantic Ocean in Maine. So bookings for these trips, uh, booking for these trips, uh, go live, um, in a couple of days from when we record on June 11th, you can book your adventure through New England or, uh, your private trips to various destinations around the world. 
And I bet if you plan it just right, you have enough time for either a pre or post stay in Rhode Island where you could visit Holiday House. Which is where Taylor Swift lives when she's in Rhode Island. That's her home. <laughs> oh, no, I got to make a note to cut that out. I figured it was either going to be that or the inventor of Duffy like was born there or something like that. <laughs> oh. Dan, if you cut that out, it's Pride Month. It's, it would be a hate crime. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, Jess has some news about an event that Zach is sure to love coming to SeaWorld Orlando this fall. Yeah, I love SeaWorld. And, well, you're going to love it even more when it's dolphins and spooky stuff. Um, because now we've got SeaWorld. How is that, is that the official name? <laughs> yeah, dolphins, dolphins and, and spooky, spooky stuff. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's the, the tagline for SeaWorld Howlow Scream, which... I think at this point there's no they've they've exhausted all the ways to change Halloween into more spooky words and so we're just getting howless scream. Um yeah, so this is going to be ha- haunted houses, scare zones and terrifying shows on select nights Friday, September 10th through Sunday, October 31st. Um this is going to go from 7 p.m. to as late as 2 a.m., which is pretty late mm-hmm. for one of these after hours yeah. parties. Um, and have things like the monster coasters in the dark and haunting experiences as well. And I saw some footage of, of some of the shows and it looks, you know, dancey. Good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not my cup of tea. It's, uh, but it, it looks like you're into haunted house scare zone type things like that on, on the same level, I guess, as, as universal it's, it's happening. I'm interested to find out. First of all, if there's one thing, one place I think of when I think about terrifying Halloween fun, it's absolutely SeaWorld. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, right after I see penguins, I'm like, I want a clown with a chainsaw <laughs> chasing me out of here. That would be the best. It's, it's a natural fit. But I'm curious. They don't have a lot of information yet, but they mention an interactive bar experience. And there's this one picture of these people yucking it up at a bar and there's video screens uh, behind the bar with lights over them. And the woman is about to press a buzzer, like on a game show. And I'm wondering, and, and on the video screens, it looks like shots from inside a haunted house. I'm wondering if you'll be able to activate scares inside the haunted house, like in addition to what they're doing. Probably so. That's what it looks like. It's like the new version of the little like water sprayers on, yeah. yeah, which that could be fun. But but honestly, every bar experience is an interactive experience if you try hard enough. So, <laughs> do, do, That's you, true. do y'all think they got the rights for like a Sharknado themed scare zone? No, because I think that. I mean, what else could they be? Because like Sharknado Four is set at Universal Studios Florida. Yeah, oh. but they could do Orca. Who doesn't love Orca? No. Or who, who did the Meg, that big no. giant shark movie they did recently? Oof. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it'd be a good idea to use any of the whales. Yeah, no, it's no, a little, no. little bad taste. I don't think there's going to be a blackfish <laughs> house. I don't think we're, uh, no, we're going to see anything like that. But uh, yeah, so you can bad. get tickets to that uh, at SeaWorld.com or contact your travel professional. And prices for that start at twenty nine ninety nine per person. And I'm sure all ten attendees will love it. <laughs> oh, Zach throwing down some. That was a Shamu real, level slam. Some real. 
<laughs> and Hollow Scream was in the splash zone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. We're vamping while I load up this article that I forgot to open up. God dang it. Actually, as a kid, I found most whales to be terrifying. So really all you'd have to they do are. is just show them to most children, I think. I would like to go to SeaWorld. I've never been before, um, but I don't. I don't think I would get much out of like the attractions because it's a lot of coasters and stuff. And I, my favorite animal of all time is is a penguin. So I I, I have yet to interact with them, and I, I do want to do their their penguin experience that you can do. No, that's, that's cool. I I would like to see. I'm assuming they still have Seymour and Clyde, the sea lion and walrus show. So I'd like to see the comedy Halloween. How long have uh, they been doing that? Because I haven't been to SeaWorld since the 80s. And I'm like, I feel like I saw that show in like You 85. did, because when... Are they that old? Are they, did they like like turtles? They live to be like 800. <laughs> I think there's more than one Seymour and Clyde, because no. I saw Seymour and Clyde in the in the Ohio SeaWorld. I thought they had like I a sea listening. lion farm that they went to, and then they got to play forever and be happy. Oh yeah. I learned something new exactly. this week at work. We had a an animal we had the zoo come by for a program at my work this past week and they had a bird and and they brought this uh know, some sort of cockatoo or whatever. His name was Pina and that bird was forty five years old. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Damn, that bird's older than I am. That bird's about oh, to start getting mail from than AARP. <laughs> My but, uncle, my uncle's got a parrot, and it's like a hundred years old or something, close to that. That's why you never get a bird for a pet, because <laughs> that's a long yeah. haul. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, that's that's an inheritance right there. <laughs> Your kid's like, great. I guess I'm gonna own a bird too someday. Wonderful. Thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot, Dad. <laughs> All right. Well, I finally found my headline. United goes boom because they're they're getting into the supersonic flight game. Have you heard about this? Whoa. United Airlines has become the first U.S. airline to sign a aircraft purchase agreement with this new company, Boom Supersonic. Uh, there are some stories about them a couple of months ago. Uh, they are bringing back the faster-than-the-speed-of-sound travel, kind of like the Concorde used to provide. They they said in kind of when they were introducing themselves to the world a couple of months ago, they said their goal is to be able... So allow passengers to fly anywhere in the world in four hours or less for a hundred dollars. So I don't think that the initial flights are going to be yeah, that it cheap. It never starts out like that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're not they're not quite there. But um, but United has purchased fifteen, signed an agreement to buy uh, fifteen of their airliners, um, and they're going to start flying passengers in twenty twenty nine. Uh, they are going to be a net zero carbon uh, emissions aircraft. They're going to fly on 100% sustainable aviation fuel, whatever that means. That seems rather vague. So so here's my question. You you said that, you know, we used to use the Concorde to do this kind of flight. Why did we uh-huh. stop? Is there a good reason that maybe we shouldn't be doing this again? <laughs> um, I think it was... We just weren't that good at it. Well, it was expensive and limited. Didn't they only fly the Concorde from New York to Paris or London? One of the two. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so, and not many people flew it. And I think it just wasn't worth it. But uh, Boom's goal is to get a whole bunch of these planes into operation uh, 
and make this kind of the new standard for how you fly. Their goal should have been to come up with a name that didn't sound like an explosion. I know that seems. Yeah. Whoosh. Maybe like whoosh would have been better. Like that sounds more. Yeah. Getting there instead of (laughs) ending in the sky. (laughs) Yeah. That's like naming your gun company. Bang. Oh, my God. What did I do? (laughs) LLC. That's just preposterous. It's far too long to print on the side of any but the longest of rifles. No no company would ever come up with a name that long for something. Do you think they'll serve Sonic on board? Uh, It'll be the only movie available on the in-flight screens. No, not Sonic the movie. Sonic the restaurant. Oh, oh, yeah. You can get your chili dogs. Trying to hold on to their slushies. (laughs) (laughs) That is some excellent fully work. (laughs) Oh, but they heard, they heard. (laughs) I'm going to leave that fully work in. (laughs) There's some great fully work going on here right now, guys. (laughs) Do you hear that? Do you hear that? That's the sound of seven iPhones being turned off. (laughs) (laughs) They hit the unsubscribe button first, though. We have dozens of listeners, not seven. We're up to multiple dozens. Most of them in Sri Lanka, right? <laughs> At least. I don't know if we've had any Sri Lanka. We've recently become popular in uh, Puerto Rico, though. All right. I'm good Interesting. with that. By popular, I mean we've had about 15 downloads this month. Somebody left their but... phone out in their child <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> no, but, no, speaking, no, this is great. This is actually great. This is just like a little side thing. Uh, and it's travel related because I learned about this in, in Puerto Rico. There's this uh, waffle stand in Old San Juan, which I've been to before. Um, and it's, hold on, let me give you the name because this is travel related. It's, um, it's, they serve penis waffles. And, oh, I saw uh, this story last a month or so ago. Yeah. Yeah, and it's in Puerto Rico. So I guess the people that listen to our show are out there buying all those penis shaped waffles because. Or, of, yeah, you know, maybe it's the guy that say, sells them. He's like, this show is right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, he just keeps on listening to that one episode over and over again from last spring. I think there were like five where I was on like a, I was on a penis tangent there for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, those are some of our most popular episodes uh, up to that point. I guess too. maybe I need to go back to that. Listeners, write yeah, in yeah. and let us know if you want to see more penis content. I'm <laughs> a little concerned about the kind of email. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll send that to Gold Key Adventures at Gmail. Send us photos of what you would like to see. <laughs> did you, Jess, did you get off of your penis tangent? Yeah, yeah. It was a really big penis tear that I was on, so yeah, I had to take Ouch. A, I had to take a break and sit one okay. out if you know what I mean. Okay. Okay. I have I have no segue, but I've got to get us off this line of conversation. Okay, so I want to tell you about a really exciting a really exciting series that's coming to Disney Plus in July. Ooh. Uh I think it was just last week or maybe two weeks ago that we said that we wish there was going to be another season of the Imagineering story on, G- on mm-hmm. uh, Disney Plus. Uh, this isn't quite that, but it's close. Uh, it's a series called Behind the Attraction. It's being uh, produced by The Rock, or at least by his production company. And it's directed by the guy who did the... Uh, did you guys watch uh, the toys that made us or the movies that made yeah, us on Netflix? Yeah. Those are some pretty good oh. shows. Oh, well. Oh, that was great. You should check They're it out. good. 
Yeah, especially if you have nostalgic feelings for G.I. Joe's and He-Man toys. I think every cover is before his time. I think every movie Uh and every toy is before his time. Y'all know I don't have Netflix. I can barely afford (laughs) Disney+. Plus. Oh, that's right. That seven dollars a month is too much to swing. You've got to, you got to save that for your for your duty bags. Be careful, Dan. Be careful. Right, well, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you about this show. It's going to be a ten part series narrated by everybody's favorite Paget Brewster. Who? Yeah. Hey. Uh, Paget Brewster. She's on community. You know, it's really good on community. <laughs> it gives viewers an exclusive peek behind the curtain of the most beloved attractions and destinations at Disney parks and resorts around the world. Uh, there's going to be so it's going to be full length episodes that go to do a deep dive into some of these attractions. There's uh, Jungle Cruise, It's a Small World, Haunted Mansion, oh, yeah. uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, they're also going to cover the uh, the parks at the or I'm sorry, they're also going to cover the castles at the Magic Kingdom parks, and also take a look at the transportation systems at the park. Does anybody else feel like that that Galaxy's Edge episode is more of a commercial than? Something that fits in with the rest of that lineup. I mean, I'm not trying to be I one feel of like those they're ju- history guys that's all about only, you know, Disney World before the last 20 years. But I, I just don't feel like there's a, a bunch of people going, man, I'd love to see how they went and figured out that blue milk, <laughs> you know, how they figured out right. how to make it just taste kind of OK. You know, that was I, 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 I was kind of wondering if they're just going to repackage that introduction special they did where they had a bunch of celebrities visit the land before it opened. Yeah, it'll be that. Sounds like that. It says discover the intricacies of the transportation systems. So I guess they're going to show you the monorail and then I don't know. I mean, is anybody really interested in how the boats and buses get to where they're supposed to go? I don't know. I guess they can talk about the Skyliner. It'll be interesting. I mean, it is kind of interesting how they they run the transportation for the entire resort. So, I mean, yeah, the yeah. logistics behind all yeah, of it. Yeah, that's kind of cool. pretty. Interesting. I, I mean, if they spend forty five minutes on bus drivers and and their, right. their bad information, <laughs> then yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the the Disneyland Hotel that would be neat to see. Um, the different theme towers, and also they have some crazy uh, presidential suites in those in that hotel. Yeah. I feel like um, that's another commercial though, too, since they're about to open up some oh, yeah. ABC for that. True. <laughs> um. Uh. So they're going to have uh, interviews with Disney les- legends and past and present Imagineers, including a whole big list that we don't cover. How many nerds really want to hear that? Uh, all 10 episodes are available to stream on Friday, July 16th on Disney+. Plus. They include Jungle Cruise, Haunted Mansion, Star Tours, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, The Castles, Disneyland Hotel, Space Mountain, It's a Small World, Trains, Trams, and Monorails, and good news, The Hall of Presidents. Oh, how fun. That's just the day before the... I do like to watch things on Disney+, Plus while I take a nap, so... Uh, <laughs> good. Comes out the day before the 61st anniversary of disneyland that's a big one i bet they planned it that way <laughs> what's what's the traditional gift for the 61st anniversary the 60th was diamond right i don't know it's, it's the 66th or mica or oh. <laughs> the 66th isn't it 66 yeah. it is oh good god yeah, the 66th i am getting man old. you're getting old well it, you know in your defense <laughs> that's the 60th seemed to actually last for about five to six years their, their yeah. celebration of there, it. there was no 65th yeah. No. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Get right over that one. Oh, I wonder. Does that mean that they get to turn back the odometer a year? 
I have a T-shirt that celebrates the 65th of Disneyland. But Whoa. Well, yeah, Target, they printed so. it up. <laughs> <laughs> they printed those bad boys yeah, up. It's a Funko Target Funko shirt. Put a lot of, <laughs> Funko put a lot of money into their 65th merch. Oh, it was also in the all. discount bin because there's not a lot of people in Richmond, Virginia's, you know, buying 65th Disneyland anniversary stuff. <laughs> Score. There's the secret. If you want the good, the good merch, head to, to the Richmond, Richmond Virginia. Target on Broad Street. <laughs> lots, lots of Disney, no, lots of Disney Plus though. Uh, Loki came out this week, didn't it? Yeah, the first episode. I haven't watched it yet, but I haven't watched it either. And then the new Turner and Hooch, or did that come out? I think already? that's the name of it. That comes out next month. Was that Josh with Jim Hanks? Peck. Does that have Tim Tom Tom Hanks's brother Jim? <laughs> yes, he plays. He plays Hooch. Oh, actually, it's a reboot. It's it's a total reimagining with Chet Hayes and a cat. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds that sounds delightful. <laughs> uh something else that's delightful. We we better deal with this. Uh first we'll go to the main news story. They announced a whole bunch of dining reopenings oh, for yeah. both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. So might be excited to hear that the Lamplight Lounge is opening back up. Or perhaps uh let's see. Sebastian's Bistro at the Caribbean Beach Resort. That one I liked. I, I stayed at Caribbean Beach a couple months ago, and I was sad that that one wasn't open because I enjoyed my my meal that I had there. I don't know what this cake with melting vanilla ice cream is on it, but it looks delicious. And I do enjoy some Caribbean flair in my food. Um, Disneyland Resort uh, Oga's Cantina will be opening back up June seventeenth. Um, also, the Lamplight Lounge on July 9th. But the big one is Ohana is back, baby. Yeah. And different now. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of gigantic tiki statues filling up the empty space in the dining room, apparently. Uh, and the other thing I noticed in this picture is it looks really weird with all those round tables instead of the big, long, rectangular ones. Yeah. It's a it's a whole different... But uh, do we, do we want to just... Disc- discuss this uh, new version of the menu that they've come up with for uh, serving a family style instead of coming around with your meat on a stick. I mean, it makes sense, but... I do love yeah. meat on a stick. But <laughs> you bring your own stick. I don't know. I don't know. I, I... Uh, how, uh, well, well, on a scale of 1 to 10, how outraged are you about the lack of noodles on this menu? Great news! Shortly after we recorded this episode, Disney announced that noodles were back on the menu at Ohana, following a great amount of public outcry from the internet. Score one for the good guys and put away those torches and pitchforks. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. The noodles were good, but I mean... I don't hate Ohana, but... You've lived without those noodles for a year. I think you'll be fine. <laughs> That's true. You've weathered a That's pandemic true. sans noodles. I don't think you're going to die because they, I'm, I don't hate Ohana, but I, it's not. I'm not one of the, the super fans. So it's it's a family favorite of, of ours. I know my mom really likes it. And I have lots of memories of um, being a cast member. And when my mom would come down to visit, I would always take her to eat there. Um, so, eh, yes, I hate that they're changing it a little bit. And it'll I. It's probably going to end up, I imagine, probably it, things are going to end up going back to the way they were or oh, sooner or later. A little yeah. bit more. I think this is probably more or less just a temporary change or at least 
part of it's a temporary change. Yeah. I mean, they're not even the... done with the res- resort refurb. I'm surprised they no. they no. reopened it during all this. I thought they would keep I it closed. Too. So no. yeah, I think I'm I'm with you. I think that once everything's done there, they it will it'll at least go back to somewhat of the old style because that was they, one of the big selling points of that restaurant was that experience that you couldn't get yeah. at another restaurant on resort. So it could have at That's least true. gotten rid of the bread, that bread. They're like, dude, this is their pineapple coconut. Welcome bread. Hi friends. Hello cousins. I, your bread sucks. <laughs> it doesn't taste like anything. I feel more like family <laughs> at Olive Garden. This bread is horrible. Oof. Bread is really Ugh. bad. The bread pudding, though, I will say the bread pudding at Ohana is delicious. I'm glad they kept it on the menu. Yes. Good news is they do still have the bread pudding. They also still have in the appetizer course, they have those delicious honey coriander chicken wings and the pork dumplings. Those dumplings mm. are also really good. And even that salad is pretty darn good, actually. I enjoy the I salad. Like the salad. Um, yeah, the whole thing didn't change uh, that much. Well, no, the entrees. There's, there's two, there's two things on the entrees that are a little bit weird. That I'm a got, little we've, bit. We've got to talk about that one. I know, I know you're about okay. to bring it up. <laughs> All right, there's two of them. First thing, when I think of the islands, I always think of kielbasa sausage. <laughs> Am I right, guys? Exactly. <laughs> why is kielbasa sausage on this menu? But the second one that bothers me even more, I don't know why, but the idea of a shrimp casserole just have- sounds. They must have I don't hired a, a chef from the Midwest, and they're like, oh, <laughs> well, you know what this menu needs? A casserole. No, they got it from a Betty Crocker cookbook from 1965. It's like, casserole everything. We're going to do a jello mold at the end. Yeah. Ooh, I hope so. Throw some mayonnaise and some uh, crunched up potato I, I chips hate, on top of that shrimp. I don't know why, but I don't like casseroles. It just I don't mind I mean, casseroles, I'm, but I, let me tell you what. I have been watching this one lady on TikTok. And she makes all these Minnesota salads, <laughs> just all these things I never knew existed. They're not actually salads, though. Most of them have like Cool Whip in them Mountain and Dew. some sort of fruit. <laughs> Mountain Dew, crush up some sweet tarts and put them on top. Well, you're from the South. You guys have that ambrosia nonsense. That's basically the same thing, right? Yeah, or is but, that not really yeah. a Southern thing? Yeah, but nobody I never imagined it. that anyone. No, no. First it's like of all, no one eats it exists, it. but nobody really eats it. And then, but she takes it to another level where she's like a different one every day. At this I point, she's probably just making them up. Well, yeah. I mean, is there anything that you can't turn into a salad by adding mayonnaise to it? I mean, yeah, well, but, but the question is, should you? I think is. <laughs> it's a moral I, question. Yeah, really. that, since when do Americans ask that question? shrimp casserole <laughs> like i like shrimp and i'm okay with casseroles but the idea of eating a shrimp casserole at a polynesian themed restaurant yeah just yeah. it'd make it, more well, sense to I, have like spam kielbasa. on the menu yeah instead of kielbasa why didn't they cube up some spam some sort oh, of elevated God. spam dish and like sell it like that at least yeah. it would be something Spams. interesting and different. Or but. here's a novel idea. Here. Why didn't they just keep the stuff that they had and serve it family <laughs> style? Yeah, well, pandemic. Okay, go. pandemic. Yeah, it's yeah. like I said, I don't mind the changes. I just think some of them are a little strange. Yeah. Yes. But we'll have to wait and see. Once they open up, We'll. Uh, I'm sure somebody can give us a report on what that kielbasa and shrimp casserole is like. Please. Uh, please. And I'm going to say stick around because after the commercial break, we're breaking the ice and giving you, the listening audience, a chance to get to know us a little bit better. 
When it comes to planning your next adventure, knowledge and preparation are always key. That's why a call to your Key to the World Travel Vacation Planner should always be at the top of your to-do list when you feel the urge to venture forth and explore the world. Key to the World Travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner, specializing in travel to Disney theme parks around the world, as well as Disney Cruise Line, Alani, and Adventures by Disney. With over 450 travel advisors who share a deep love for Disney destinations, Key to the World Travel has a wealth of knowledge and passion to help you experience all the magic with none of the work. Wherever your wanderlust is driving you, Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency with the expertise to get you where you want to go. So whether you're headed to Universal Studios, Hawaii, Europe, or somewhere a little farther off the beaten track, your first step should always be to visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a no-obligation quote. Their expert travel planners are standing by to help you with every detail of your perfect vacation. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com or at Key to the World Travel on Facebook. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. Let me set the scene. You've just entered the inner sanctum of Gold Key Adventure Society headquarters. The library slash lounge is full of mementos from past adventures. There's replica taxidermied animal heads lining the walls, trophies from past photo safaris. Uh, there's also shelves and museum cases full of knickknacks and artifacts from destinations around the globe. Several bookcases crammed with dusty old reference tomes, maps, and periodicals on various topics pertinent to the adventurous, globe-trotting lifestyle. Seated in a trio of overstuffed armchairs are three members of the society. Step a little further inside and let's meet our hosts. I think maybe the first thing we should do, because most podcasts do this and we never do, should we like actually introduce ourselves and say, hey, this is this is Dan. So you, you know, know what my voice sounds like. Almost every week, if I'm listening back to the show later, I, I think to myself, I'm like, you know, we never tell anybody who we are. I know. <laughs> I know. I need the problem is I need to rewrite my script for the intro, and I just haven't gotten around to it yet because I'm so busy making each week's episode. But now, if you're listening, you've you've come to know and love us. So, do you really need to? Know? It's true. Yeah, probably yeah. true. Well, I'm Dan. Hi, Dan. And that guy, that was Zach. No, that was not Zach. That was Jess. Yeah, I'm Jess. This and the guy who's not talking is Zach. I'm Zach. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, the first thing I was curious about, uh, since we're all lovers of travel in many different forms, is what is the very first trip that you can remember taking? I think way back, some of us farther back than others oh. on this call. First trip you can remember taking. So for me, it was uh, actually this is my first trip to Walt Disney World in 1985. Um, I remember just, just big flashes of it, not the entire trip. We actually, that we, we went to SeaWorld on that trip as well. So I do remember some, some SeaWorld time. Um, but yeah, it, it made a, a huge impression on me and there's a few photos of me from that trip and most of them are me crying because every time <laughs> I would leave an attraction or be told I had to leave the park, I'd have a meltdown. So. Yeah, so that it made a it made just a, like you still do today. Yeah, no, it's true. Like I, <laughs> I, I still have those moments. If it's time to go, I'm like, oh. Now that I go back is like that, once that, a month, it's not as bad. But you know. 
Uh, is that the trip where you nearly became a feral child who lived on the floor of Space Mountain? Yes, that is the same trip that, that I almost <laughs> okay. floated out of the rocket of Space Mountain and had to be pinned down by my father sitting behind me. But yeah, you know, I, I was almost property of Disney. So I still think that that would have been great for my family if that had happened. You know, free trips for the rest of their life. Anytime I think about something bad happening to me at the parks, I'm like, oh, free trips for the rest of my life. I'm like, that's the only thing I want, a- Disney. I won't sue. Just free trips. Yeah, it's a price worth paying. Yeah, I'll take it. Take a leg. I'll do it. <laughs> I guess. I guess the first trip I remember, I have very, very. Um, very limited. Uh, memories of a trip going to Disney World in the 90s. Um, I, there's just two things I specifically remember. I remember uh, going on Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. And I remember um, watching the Mickey Mania Parade. Oh, um, yeah, that was a good parade. From, from right right near the Country Bear Jamboree. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. That was a good parade. There was lots of rollerblades and fanny packs and neon that in that a, parade. That was a very <laughs> 90s parade. Yeah. I feel like the spirit oh, yeah. of that one lives on in the 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 newest one with the uh the jam it parade. Mouse can jam move it. it. Move it. Yeah. Screw it. That, jam it up it, your shake it. <laughs> jam it up your mouse can. <laughs> the bop it parade. Move it, shake it, yeah. mask a dance it or something like that. Also, yeah. I want to just take a yeah, little like that does remember. I want to take a little detour right now and just mention that viewers at home as well. Um on Disney Plus I discovered a uh weird special today called The Mouseketeers Go to Walt Disney World. Have you guys seen this? Oh yeah. From yeah, 1977. Yeah, yeah. It's so bad. My son just could not handle it. Halfway through he was like, This is too weird and just walked it walked out of the room. But the best thing about it is they left the commercials in. Yes. So it's, yes, it's just I love that part. this weird like just snapshot of mid seventies huh. Walt Disney World and their desperate attempt to reboot the Mickey Mouse Club with just oh it's so the most over the top kids like oh just too much it's amazing but it is great though because you get to see river country yeah. and at the end they camp at the campgrounds the and river there's country, some really cool stuff like oh my god yeah. people are gonna get hurt and i was like oh yeah it's the 70s they just <laughs> shove people down the water slides all at once and it's amazing. So let me guess, did he check out when they went to the uh Lake Buena Vista shopping village and the ten year old girls started uh hitting on the thirty something year old man <laughs> in the tennis outfit? No, he was he was out when they all dressed up in their rainbow bell bottomed outfits and gathered around for a photo with an old timey camera and he's just like, I don't get anything happening here and he just walked <laughs> off with his iPad and he was done. Yeah. Kids these days. Yeah. They just So sorry, I had to had to bring that up because I saw it today. Go check that out. Yeah, those commercials are awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can remember back, I was somewhere between, I, I bet you I was four or five. And well, I was whenever, around, around that age, I don't remember much of that trip where I was given the Donald Duck uh, orange juice, but the, the trip I can actually remember, I had to have been four or five, and we went to uh, the Smoky Mountains with some cousins, and we stayed in a big cabin there, and I, was, I remember it was around Halloween time, because uh, I remember carving jack-o'-lanterns on the porch of this cabin that we rented. I know that we did hiking in the mountains, and we also visited uh, uh, Dollywood. And I, I, I remember coming home with a stuffed black bear. 
was actually a hand puppet from Ballet World. I remember being put on some scary dark ride that was like, I, I know it was the mine train was it, was ride, but I just, childhood? <laughs> you know, it was, it was like supposed to be like through a mine car. Yeah, I, I think and I remember that. Yeah. All I remember it was it was dark and kind of scary. And that's all I remember. I think there's a playground with a slide that I was on. So I don't remember much, but that's the earliest trip that I can. Uh, yeah. So um, I guess you know, like traveling, like what are, are there any other memorable trips that you've taken that have kind of formed how you, what you like to do or that have maybe gone on because of interests that you have in your life or i grew up um grew up in atlanta so we used to go to destin florida a lot too and i love that that sort of makes me attracted to the sort of more quieter beach areas because at that time you know late 80s 90s it wasn't a huge vacation spot i think it's kind of gotten a lot bigger since where where is that in florida is that it's sort of a panhandle area okay on the top um and yeah so that's then sort of throughout my 20s and 30s i visited a friend's beach house that his family owned um in the outer banks and love that and that actually ended up being where i got married to my wife so we were married on the beach it's sort of our our go-to if we're not going to a theme park we'd like to go to the beach which is ironic because I really hate salt water and I really don't like sand at all. I'm very Anakin Skywalker in that um, respect. But I love sitting uh, at a beach house and looking at the beach while drinking. So And chewing on taffy. Yeah, and I, I, I absolutely love sleeping <laughs> with the, the sound of uh, the ocean outside. So I'll go and stay anywhere near an actual beach just for that. Visiting tacky seashell shops. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love crappy. I have a collection of, <laughs> of really ugly beach towels that I bought it. Places. Oh, like yeah. yeah. Those places are gems. Oh, yeah. Do you have any freeze dried baby alligator heads? Taxidermied baby alligator no, heads? No, I, I used to have one of the little baby sharks in formaldehyde. Oh, and, uh, yeah. yeah. I had one of those. <laughs> like the unbelievably blue water formaldehyde they put in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. A classic souvenir. Yeah, you got to throw those away after a while, though, because they, they don't hold up too well. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. What about you, Zach? Any any fond travel memories? They can be recent. They can be long ago. Um, we spent a lot of time going to the Smoky Mountains because we because I grew up just about an hour from the Smoky Mountains. Uh, we went every year around the holidays for sure. Um, so I remember doing that, and that was uh, that was never like a trip where we would go stay the night. It was one of those things where we would drive up, we would like to look at Christmas lights, um, and then we would come home the same day. Um, we also did, um, pretty frequent trips to Disney, not, um, we never really had a lot of money, but that was something that we always saved for. We went to Disney, um, probably three or four times in the nineties. And then, um, I don't think we went again until I was a senior in high school in 2008. And, um, and then after that. I could not get my family to go back because they started cruising in 2009 and my parents love cruising. They've done about 30 cruises at this point. They just absolutely love it. And I, I remember when I was going into college, I was like, I really want to go to Walt Disney World. I really want to go to Walt Disney World. Cause I went when I was a senior in high school. And so when I graduated college back in 2013, I got my first big boy job 
I took myself to Walt Disney World and I love seeing the memories come up on my Facebook page every year because it's been like seven or eight years since that trip now. Um, and that's the trip that got me back, got me really into Disney. And it's fun to see those pictures pop up on my Facebook memories and just to see how much the parks have changed just in the last seven or eight years um, has been, you know, pretty interesting. <clears throat> But um, and that's probably one of my favorite trips I ever took. And then uh, that was in the summer. And then that winter, we did New Year's Eve at, at Walt Disney World and Magic Kingdom, which is something I'm glad that I did, but something I will never, ever do again. That's like New um, Year's Eve so, at like Times Square. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've been on I've been on cruises with my family throughout the years. It's just it's not really my thing. I, I do like Disney cruises. I've been on a couple of Disney cruises. Um, I do like those because they're short and I'm usually not with my family. But yeah, my travel really has been mostly Disney focused. Um, I'm either going to Orlando or I'm going to Anaheim, one or the other. Um, which I know a lot of people probably think I should expand my horizons and eventually I will. But I figured Disney vacations are the types of things that I can really enjoy now as a younger person. Like I can enjoy them as an as an older person as well, or, you know, a little bit later in life, but, um, there's a lot of things I really want to do now while I'm at Disney and I can do it while I'm younger. Um, it's like, I can't even ride a space mountain anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> I don't know. It's like every time universal comes out with a new ride, I'm like, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like the velocity the, the, yeah, they've been oh, advertising yeah. this velocicoaster and i'm like that's great mm-hmm. i'll never be able to ride that not only because i won't probably won't be able to fit in their ride vehicle but also because i know that i will absolutely be sick by the time i get off of that um and that's and that that's another funny thing because when I tell you know people ask me about do I go to these other theme parks I'm like no I'm not really a fan of theme parks or amusement parks at all and then I always look at me and they're like well you go to Disney like five times a year and I'm like well Disney to me is not really like a theme park or amusement park it's it's like its own thing um it's it's even separated you know apart itself from Universal Universal is still very much a theme park to me I don't know I was gonna. I don't know, like, I still have my dreams of going to Tokyo Disney. Um, and I know that's something that Jess and I are planning on doing, hopefully within a year or so. We, uh, I think our original plan was to go this year. Yeah, uh, I know was. we wanted to avoid 2020 because <laughs> 2020 we had, there was the Olympics, so we wanted to avoid the Olympics. Mm. And so we said in 2019, we'll go in 2021. That gives us two years to plan it. And then, you know, the shit hit the fan and the whole world came to a stop. Um, and now you've so. got the Olympics in 2021. And now there's yeah. Olympics in 2021. I love that they're still billing it as the 2020 Olympics, even <laughs> though it's taking place in 2021. I love that they're just doing that. They don't care. Um, I mean, I hope that the Olympics are going to happen. Who kn- who knows at this point? We might be doing um, the doing trials for it right now. So we'll see. Yeah, it'll be like that Disneyland 65th anniversary. Yeah, we'll celebrate (laughs) whenever we can. They move them. They move them one more year. Next year we're going to be having two Olympics, like they used to do. (laughs) I was thinking about back about travel that I did, and and, as a kid, a lot of it didn't even realize at the time how fortunate I would. um, I went to a lot of places. uh, 
camping with scouts. You know, I went backpacking in the Blue Ridge Mountains of West Virginia, went, slept in a cave in Indiana, went canoeing in Pennsylvania and places around Ohio. And there's all these things, backpacking in New Mexico, Mm. space camp. So uh, there's a lot of travel that kind of came with that. Um, And we did a lot of like day trips around Ohio. Had a lot of extended vacations, but you know, go out and just have an adventure for the day. A lot of that involved a lot of hiking places, but uh, and and that's something that we've been doing lately with the kids. Um, my wife and I both realized that I I've lived here long enough. That's at least half of my life, and she's been here her whole life here in Michigan. And we haven't been to a lot of places. Or there's a lot of the state that we haven't seen, so we've been kind of venturing out and. And taking the kids on day trips to various places, a lot of hiking, but you know, some there's a lot of towns along Lake Michigan that are cute, fun to visit for various reasons. If you're into cherries, there's a big cherry harvesting area, stuff like that. So uh, a lot of that. Yeah, we've been talking about uh, going. We're pretty. We're about like an hour and a half away from DC. We we're gonna take our kid to do a tour of all the Smithsonian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we would love to do that someday. Yeah. That, that's on our list for sure. Why my oldest has asked about that, doing something like that a few times. DC is for sure on my list. I want to go visit the uh the Library of Congress and um the Smithsonian, the Holocaust Museum, the Washington, visit the Capitol when it's not, you know, being attacked by insurrectionists. You know, that's um, not a normal thing, right? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> most days it's it's not being thank attacked. God. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, until you know, those, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I was just making a dumb joke. I was just going to say until those weird reenactors decide that that's their new oh, thing. Yeah. That start. <laughs> start doing every year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, you know, actually I should probably try to make the DC thing happen sometime soon. Um, I'd love to be able to tour the white house and uh, the library of Congress is a big thing for me can't imagine why but i really like <laughs> yeah. to see that yeah, i mentioned earlier that we're, we're taking a uh, trip to vermont next year kendra's kendra's sister who isn't on this show uh lives in vermont now in this tiny little town that's like they have to walk to the post office to get their mail and Sounds that like kind of the thing setting of a hallmark movie yeah it totally is um so we're going to spend a week there. Resort there. <laughs> and, and Kendra's sister has to save the town. <laughs> right. And somebody from the big city is coming in to, to take over from corporate headquarters. Uh, yeah, but I'm really excited about that. That's a part of the country I've never been to, any of New England at all. And, uh, you know, they're close enough that it's not that far of a drive to go to Maine, take the kids to see the uninviting Rocky beaches of Maine and Taylor Swift used uh, to have a home in Maine. Yes, I've heard can, very can, recently that it, that's true. Can a Buckport um, can right. can something where the Kennedys live? Right. Isn't that yes, in Maine? Definitely. I don't know. Say it again. I don't know. I'm not great at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither my are gene, any of the rest of us. Geology knowledge <laughs> is ain't up to par. So so that's kind of travel in general. So I guess uh, like theme park and Disney specific. Um, what? I mean, we, we all mentioned that we've, we took trips as kids and we continue to go. 
as adults with or without our families. Um, both kinds of trips have our, have their merits. Um, uh, so are there any either trips as a whole or like special moments out of, out of a trip that you've taken that kind of shaped your love for going to theme parks, whether that's a universal park, or Disney parks are obviously kind of our bread and butter here or you know, like, like what, what cemented that love for you? If you have a moment or trip in general. I have this thing about theming. I, and I always have mm-hmm. like it's the attractions are really great, but it's, it's sort of all about the attention to detail. I'm just right. I'm like a very visual person. And so like, I'm always sort of nitpicking everything I see. And then when it comes to a theme park, even more so because I'm like, all right, I've paid money. Or even as a kid, I was just like, your, your whole thing is to entertain me. Like, you know, let's see how good you are at <laughs> entertain it. me, <laughs> entertain me. Yes. And, and that's why Disney, uh, for me, it's like, just as a kid, like every time I turned around, there was something that caught my eye that I had, you know, never seen before, or, you know, had only seen on, on a movie screen or a television screen or something like that. And then as an adult, so I sort of took a span of time off in my, my twenties and, and early thirties from going to the parks. Cause it just wasn't, you know, top of my list when you're, <laughs> when you're that age. So, um, but then going back, unless you're me, right? <laughs> certainly wasn't, wasn't for me, but I don't remember a lot of my twenties. So we'll just put it that way. Um, <laughs> and then, um, when I went back, uh, the first time I went back was after I'd just gotten engaged. Um, and my wife had never been to Disney at all. And so going back and seeing how things have changed and then sort of seeing her over the course of a week become a, a huge fan of the whole thing, uh, reignited it. And then, yeah, since then, it's, it's we took my son for his third birthday. That was his first trip. And he's gone back basically every year since. And yeah, it's just that's where we go to escape our day to day, like focus on each other and do stuff that we want to do for fun. And, you know, it's like my wife says it, you know, people always say, Oh, why do you go to Disney all the time? And it's like, there's, there's millions of families that every year they go to the beach. That's what they do. They've got like a beach house that they rent or something like that. Like, well, what we do is we go to Disney. So, you know, it's just, it's our, our place that we go to when we need a break. And it, it, it's really the only place I feel like I can kind of turn off everything else and just, focus on yeah. the people I'm with too. So. Like even when you go like to the beach, you're still very much a part of the real world. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I never felt like that when I'm at Disney. I guess I have a couple things I can mention about this specifically. Um that trip, that one that I took, my first trip like as an adult, that one had a, a very Im- a very large impact on me and kind of very being formative and and how I am now as as a Disney adult. Um, that was a, that was a big thing for me, that, that trip specifically, um, mostly because, um, I was, I, that particular time off, I was dealing with, um, really bad anxiety and depression. Um, and I didn't even know that's what it was at the time, but that coming home every day from work and being able to plan that trip was just a godsend for me. Um, so when I wasn't, when I wasn't like working, I was planning that trip. I was changing my reservations. I was making new dining reservations. I was 
figure out how much money I was going to spend every day. I was figuring exactly where we were going to eat, what fast passes we were going to make. Um, and then having worked as a cast member, I think also has made a huge impact on me because a lot of people, when they go to work for Disney, they, or they move to Orlando, they said that it loses a little bit of the magic. But to me, it's even more impactful after having been behind the scenes and being able to create those types of experiences for the guests. So now it's, it's even, it's going to sound super corny. It's, it's more special for me now, having been on the other side. Um, I appreciate it so much more. I appreciate the, um, you know, the hard work that the cast members put in because, you know, we wouldn't have any of what we do. We wouldn't have these amazing vacations that we love if it wasn't for those frontline cast members putting in that work to make it happen. That's one of the um, things that keeps com- keeps me coming back. Yeah, it's, I absolutely love Disney customer service. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And then there's the the one very distant memory I have, and it's not from that first trip. It's some some from some trip, and I this is like the one thing that I always tell people, and, and I know that they're probably you've probably heard me talk about before. I have a very distinct memory of sitting on the uh, uh what's it called? <laughs> the curb. That distinct. Huh? The curb on Main Street. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the, the memories there. I'm starting to lose my my knowledge of of the English language. Um, sitting on a curb and watching uh, or waiting for Spectro Magic to start, and I just remember sitting there with my family and the popcorn lights on Main Street. And to me, that's such an ingrained memory that I don't know. I guess I've always just been trying to recapture that, if that makes any sense. And I haven't really done so, especially we don't, especially because we don't have nighttime parades right now, Disney. But it's like I'm always trying to recreate or that that moment, and I haven't yet, which is a good thing because then I I feel like it just keeps giving me a reason to keep going back and back and back and back. Yeah. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. um, that moment's precious. But yeah, you know, having having that one trip, you know, when I was going through a rough time in my life, you know, working for, at Walt Disney World, and then that that particular memory of of Main Street. Those are kind of my formative. Disney experiences that have made me the Disney adult that I am today. Uh, we only went the one time when I was a kid and it was, I was in fifth grade and I was a nerdy little reader. So I know that we got assuming it was probably a burn bombs guide that we, uh, borrowed from my aunt. And, uh, I remember reading up and learning as much as I could about the parks and the attractions and, I also had a subscription to Disney Adventures magazine, which I miss oh, terribly yeah. every day. Uh, and and that was right when Tower of Terror was brand new. It just opened up. And I remember voraciously reading the articles that they had about that in there. And they you know showed all the details and little Easter eggs that you could look for and stuff. Um, so. So I think I. I I loved I fell in love with kind of those details and all those little things that you could learn and know about the parks and that was kind of something that got me caught up after, uh, like like Jess it was a there was a long long stretch where I didn't visit the parks until uh actually until I was married and our our oldest son was a baby and we went I went with Kendra um and you know be in the run up to that trip I kind of did the same thing I did a whole lot of reading and learning as much as I could about the attractions and 
not like how to get on them in the best way or whatever, but like the history of the planning and the design and the Imagineering behind it. And that's where my love of the history and the details stemmed from, because I was reading as I was planning, I would come across all these other things that would, that would talk about the history and and I just wanted everything I could get. I just wanted to soak it all up. And so that's what made me appreciate the history and the details so much, kind of like you. And there's, I've told this story before. It was a long time ago and we've got so many new people to talk to now, but, uh, that, that trip when I was a kid, I will never forget. I don't remember much about any of the rides that I went on other than being terrified on big thunder mountain. Uh, probably terrified on tower of terror. We didn't do a lot of thrill rides when I was a kid. Um, but that was back when characters would still roam around and it was not busy. We were there at Halloween and at that time they didn't do anything special. Halloween time even was slow time, very slow time in the park. And we were, we were behind Cinderella's castle somewhere on that walkway that heads down towards, uh, Liberty square and made Marion approached us and, kind of pretended to hide behind us and made it clear that she needed protection. And a minute or two later, uh, the sheriff of Nottingham comes strolling around the corner. And those two characters took, you know, it was probably just two or three minutes to just play with three kids in the park. And we pantomimed rescuing her from the sheriff. And that is burnt in my brain forever as like this magical moment that You'll never have again in the park now, but like mainly because those characters never don't ever show up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, right. But 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 you never have you'll never have that experience anywhere else in the world. And that was one of my favorite of the animated features. And just to be able to play that role, it was incredible. Dan did um, try to get me to recreate that with him <laughs> last month. No, but now I wish we had. <laughs> The question is, would you have been the sheriff or would you have been made Marion? I I would have been running the opposite direction. I'll do a lot of embarrassing things, but I'm I'm not going to do that. Especially not when I pull the camera out. Yeah, it's my <laughs> job to it. embarrass you, not your job to embarrass me. You never embarrass me, Zach. Uh, well, uh, that brings us kind of in our natural evolution to uh, being a travel agent. I was curious, what made you decide that you wanted to try doing travel planning what specifically brought you to key to the world travel i'll go first there you go zach um well uh so i was planning uh those trips that i started taking pretty frequently and in may 2015 i while i was planning those trips i kept hearing about disney travel agents and and Everyone kept saying like they're free, they're free, and I'm like, no, no, they're not free. There's some, there, now there's some. It's 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 in there somehow. I'm paying for these people. Well, I, you know, and in theory, you actually are. Everyone's paying for the service of a Disney travel agent. You just may or may not actually be getting that. Um, but uh, it was May 2015. I was using a particular um, Disney planning website. Um, and they were partnered with Key to the World Travel at the time, and I decided, you know what, let's just, I, I was, it was planning a trip that was just by myself. It was just me. I was staying, I wanted to stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge for a few days. And so I, uh, contacted, um, Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Korn, which is one of, uh, one of our amazing agents at Key to the World Travel. 
And I asked her, you know, to help me plan the trip. I said, basically, what I want you to do is to look for any discounts. I'll do all the planning. I'll do everything. I'll make the fast passes, the dining reservations, all of it. But if you just keep an eye out for discounts and just let me know if you see anything, then, you know, that's what uh, that'll be the how we how we do it. And um, I kept booking with Cheryl and we kept doing the same type of relationship where she's like, are you sure you don't want me to do these? I'm like, no, please let me do it. I really enjoy it. And then that's when I that's when it sort of hit me that. I kind of maybe want to do this. And after I finished my stint at, at the Disney college program, I was a concierge. So I was basically doing the exact same thing just on site and with a much shorter, um, <clears throat> a much shorter uh, advance notice because I was making reservations for, you know, like two or three days out. Whereas, you know, we would normally make them 180 days in advance. Um, I think we did. Didn't we make, I don't know. It's been so long <laughs> since I've had to make time reservations. Uh, well, we used to make them 180 days in advance, so I don't know if we still do or not. Uh, <laughs> it's 60 right now. <laughs> okay. See, I'm taking, I've taken a break from travel advising during uh, the majority of this pandemic. So um, it's, 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 a, it's my side hustle. Um <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, I know. Well, um, uh, they'd roll me out for parties, so it's all good. <laughs> um, so when I was, uh, when I finished the college program, I was like, I had to have that way to stay in touch with Disney, not just planning my own trips. I wanted that reason to constantly be in tune with what was happening, what was new. So, um, I had, uh, had the fortunate pleasure of meeting. I had already met Cheryl in person. On that first trip that she was my travel agent, uh, we met up and we watched Fantasmic together, and I got to know her. And then um, I was at a certain, I was at an event that was being hosted by Key the World Travel. It was a frozen breakfast. And uh, so this was 2015, so it was just two years after Frozen was out, and so Elsa fever was still a thing. Like, everyone just had to meet Elsa, and so they had this really cool frozen breakfast where you could eat and then you would go get your picture made with Anna Elsa and Olaf. So I met Jeff and Heather at that event and I never looked back. They dragged me into the travel agency. I started that following June immediately. Um, when I got back home, I just had my five year anniversary with the travel agency. Um, although I feel like I should skip a year because of the pandemic too, <laughs> but, but I guess we could, we could all say that at this point. Um, I'm just glad that we've all and, reached herd immunity from Elsa fever. That was a, uh, that was a real dark time, wasn't that's it? That's true. Yeah. Oof. And that's when I was, that's when I first started visiting Disney. I it was May 2014. So it was just a few months after frozen came out and it, 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 uh, that frozen fever, it was pretty bad, but yeah, um, I met Jeff and Heather and joined the agency that following June when I got home from my college program. And, um, I've just I've really enjoyed being able to be a part of other people's vacations, even though I'm not there um, working at the hotels anymore. So um, I've always tried to set myself apart a little bit by trying to incorporate Disney details and history into my planning. And I try to pass that information along to my clients um, just to give them, you know, we can all plan the vacations where we make dining reservations and fast passes and everything tends to move so quickly. And so I try to pass on the type of information that 
gives them the opportunity or at least a reason to stop and slow down for a moment so they can you know just appreciate the time that they have with their family and the time that they have or they can appreciate the hard work that disney's put in it's not just you know going by so quickly um that's my long-winded answer and i'm sticking to it <laughs> my path to being a travel advisor was a lot shorter uh as mentioned that that trip that i took uh not long uh after my son was born and doing all that uh <laughs> doing all that research into the the attractions and the park's history and stuff and i was you know of course a white dude in my uh, late 20s so i love to share facts and one day uh the boss who happens to be my sister-in-law said hey you know a lot about the parks why don't you become a travel agent for me and so i did i, rem- I remember when you started dan I vaguely remember when I started too. It was more than two years ago and less than seven. So I remember, I remember them saying you were doing it. I said, Oh my gosh, that's the father of all those adorable kids that we keep seeing on Facebook. I think I only had one at that point, but yeah, yeah, I thought like you already had your second kid. Yeah, I might. That was his Probably other might have been around then. It's possible. <laughs> There's a lot of them. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. My, so. my sort of journey was a lot like Zach's, um, yeah, when I decided to go back in 2007, right when I had gotten engaged and we decided to do a little trip for that, um, I bought like the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World and, you know, I didn't do a trip every year after that. But for the pa- for the like the next 10 years, I bought every single issue of that book that came out and read it basically cover to cover and just nerded out on the information of planning the trips just because I found it to be a lot of fun. I'm a nerd and I get way too obsessed about things. And yeah. And so then in 2015, when we took my son again, uh, planned a really long trip for that. And then had people asking me after I posted photos, like for help planning theirs with tips. I think we can all, I think we can all relate to that right there. Yeah. The the tips (laughs) and tricks. people, when people find out that you go to Disney a lot, they're like, what are your tips and tricks? Oh, yeah. So and then, yeah, I realized, you know, you can turn that into a, a job and ended up uh, at Key to the World Travel, which is pretty amazing because uh, it it's probably the best fit for me of uh, any agency I could go for out there, even though and they know this, that that they were not my first choice. Um, they were just the first ones that uh, got back to me and and, and hired me. So. Yeah, and I, I just I love doing it because, like I said, I I obsess and nerd out about things, and theme parks are the top of my list of things that I obsess over. It's like theme parks, superheroes, comic books, um, and then things from the '80s, basically. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's been really fulfilling for me to I, I do it because, yeah, I love to share my knowledge and then help people have the same experiences that I've had and, and the same level of a vacation that I've had there because you know, you don't, you don't know most of the stuff that those of us that obsess over this know you miss a lot on your trip. So it's really awesome to, you know, help somebody tell somebody something that they'd never know on their own and then have them come back from their trip and talk about how that made their day or whatever. So that in itself is 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 really fulfilling for me. So 
I just really yeah, love. I, I, I suppose I should say because I, I, I you know, I've, I've grown beyond just a know-it-all dude who happened to know a lot about the parks, and you know, the same thing. I like, I like to talk about, you know, all the all the things there are to see and do at the theme parks, but it, even more so, especially seeing seeing the magic moments that I've been able to help my own children have at the parks, and I love being able to see other people's other other families or even when i help you know adults without children plan trips to the park i love i love being able to share that knowledge and and make their trip as easy and as magical as possible for them and and who would have thunk it back in 2017 when we were all at disneyland and i didn't know either of you that in three years we'd be sitting here doing a podcast on a weekly basis. I that trip from my laptop was stolen by that bastard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember walking behind you, Zach, at Disneyland, being like, "Oh, that's that guy, Zach." I remember <laughs> giving you anything. that. I remember giving you a free ticket, and I oh, want to yeah. say I gave that to you while we were at Flo's V8 restaurant. Well, we were there for our breakfast. The the first disappointing experience I've had with yeah. Lowe's. And to think Actually, now I've shared hotel rooms with you guys and been on cruises and... Rope dropped the living with the land. Living with the land. That's, that's so. the one that'll stand out for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's like, you know, we all started to, at the travel agency, you know, to do this job. And, you know, I think a lot of us, not just the three of us, for sure. I think a lot of the, you know, the 400 something agents we have have stuck around because the, either world's been a bit of like a second type of family for a lot of us. So it's, uh, it's been quite a, quite a, quite an adventure. Absolutely. It has, uh, which brings me to the last, uh, the very last thing I wanted to introduce, uh, we should probably introduce our show itself and our the idea of our show. Um, so the Gold Key Adventure Society, a couple of years ago, uh, I, I was a, a very big, well, I still am a, a podcast listener in general. I have a lot of time during my day job to do nothing but uh, listen to podcasts while I put metal into rail cars. And I... Uh, it was shortly after we had launched the company's travel blog, themeparkprofessor.com. And, uh, I said to Heather, Hey, do you guys want a podcast? Let me do a podcast for you. And she said, sure, let's have a podcast. And, uh, um, when I thought about it, I didn't want to just do, you know, let's talk about every single cupcake and, and mini backpack and light up bubble wand that's been debuted at the parks. There's, there's a lot of shows that, you know, you can go to for just news and trip reports. I wanted to, I wanted to think about a show that was about, well, for one thing, you know, we, we do more than just planning travel to the Disney parks and to universal. We, we can help you go anywhere you want to go pretty much more or less uh, around the world we can figure out how to get you there maybe, maybe not right now but right there's some places that are closed off but uh you know in general we can we can get you where you want to go uh so there's that so and and that was a challenge in itself of trying to figure out how to talk about disney plus general travel and adventure stuff but also i didn't want to take it too seriously and i wanted to have a lot of fun with talking about it because 
I don't think any of us are overly serious people. I was going to say Mission Accomplished there, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are definitely knowledgeable, but we're not overly serious. But I, I wanted to think about ways that we can help you uh, make travel and adventure a lifestyle. It's not just for going on vacation once a year. You know, it's like I've started to look at when we when we drive half an hour away from the house on a Saturday to take a hike at a new park or go to a new playground, it's not, it's not just going to the playground. It's like, we're having an adventure for the day. Um, and the same thing with taking trips places. They don't always have to be grandiose things, but there's always something of value, uh, to get out of, to get out of travel, uh, wherever you're going. Um, uh, so I was wondering if you, if you guys have any other, thoughts to add on our particular brand of globetrotting jackassery or what i labeled this section in my notes is what does gold key adventure society mean to you Ooh. <laughs> do you have any thoughts to add i just think of it as a as an extension of my my travel agent work as as sort of a another way to share the 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 gospel of theme parkery or uh <laughs> Yeah, just I, I mean, I, I Parker. <laughs> also, you know, it's a great way for me to 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 keep in touch with sort of the news and everything that's going on in the in the travel world because I always love to hear what you guys bring to the news that's outside of my realm of of theme parkery. So, yeah. Where else it, would you hear about about Taylor Swift related travel if you? I, if, if it wasn't for me. I mean, Goalkeeper Society, show. you can hear everything from Taylor Swift's vacation home to getting boiled by a geyser. You know, it's... Yeah. I, I feel like... Lots and lots <laughs> of penises in between. <laughs> I, I like the way the show's sort of evolved into this. Uh, just, it's it's almost like a weird variety hour of travel. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I like to think of us as, as a sort of after dark USA up all night of travel, so... Yeah, that's definitely a way that I've been looking at it. Is frequently inappropriate, always right, but not too much. You know, I have something that I want to mention, and it's something that it is y'all, and you're gonna have to bear with me. It's a little corny, it's a little cheesy, but it's true. Uh, when Dan and I were at Disney World last month, you know, there was some things going on, and 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 not just you know directly related to us or our friends. It's just the, the world in general especially given what we've all been through the last year. And I was, and we were sitting at <clears throat> Liberty square. Dan was eating his Nutella waffle or he just finished. And I was finishing my diet Coke and we were processing some things. And I was reminded uh, of, with the thing that Dan says every, every week on the show where you say um, life is short and the world is wide. So go have an adventure that perfectly sums up kind of what this, this show is. It's just, kind of being able to think think very is think in the now don't plan too much in the future yes we can plan you know we can plan those trips and think about what you want to do but also what can you do now like you said dan those 30 minute just like getaway things it's just kind of getting out and just doing things not just letting life just pass by because i mean it this last year's taught us anything it's that you know shit's gonna happen so we've just got to learn to deal with it and just try to have some fun have some adventures along the way so yeah the important thing is to go and do it and i yeah. think another thing another thing that i think about with this show too is um 
a big part of the spirit of the show for me, besides the <laughs> besides the silliness and the and the variety show thing, uh, is is there's a there's a real spirit of curiosity. I'm never. I don't think going to get to visit an amusement park in an old nuclear uh, power cooling silo in in Russia. I I'm never, never know. I'm not likely to go see that amazing glowworm cave in New Zealand. Uh, uh, at the rate things are going, I'm probably not going to see Knott's Berry Farm even anytime soon. Um, but this show gives me a chance to discover all of these weird and wonderful places all around the world and to share them with other people and 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 there's just there's there's so much to see guys and and i don't have time to see it all but i want to learn about as much of it as i can so i'm really glad that this show gives me uh the chance to do that with you and with our listeners and hey you know like i'm i'm never gonna get the chance to go to Six Flags Over Georgia again. That's it. That's all I have to say because I'm never giving myself a chance to go to Six Flags Over Georgia. Well, at least you gave it a chance once, right? I, I had season passes when I was a kid. There you go. You it's gave it a not, chance. It's, like, it's not what it used to be. It's like when we tell the kids they have to take a no thank you bite before they pass the green beans back. <laughs> I've had many no thank you Six Flags Over Georgia bites. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out with us again this week. If you're excited to explore the world like a gold key adventurer, Key to the World Travel has a jungle cruise boat full of expert travel planners ready to make your vacation dreams a reality. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com to get started with a no-obligation quote. Don't forget to catch up with our friend, the Theme Park Professor, for all the latest theme park news and tips at www.themeparkprofessor.com. Word of mouth is still the best way to help us grow our show. If you have a friend or two who you think would appreciate our special brand of globe-trotting jackassery tell them what makes our show so great and send them our way you can find links to subscribe to the show on your favorite apps and all the latest news at www.goldkeyadventurers.com we can't wait to hang out with you again next week we'll see you real soon bye y'all life is short <laughs> and the world is wide but there is never a good reason to go to float amen to ask a question or share your travel story, you can reach us by smoke signal, carrier pigeon, or send an email to goldkeyadventurers at gmail.com. And make sure you follow the Gold Key Adventure Society on Facebook and Instagram. A huge thanks to our sponsor, Key to the World Travel. For all your travel planning needs, visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a free quote and help planning the trip of a lifetime. Tell them the gold key adventurers sent you. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. Thanks to Outer Vibe for the use of their song Hoka Hey for the intro and outro of our show. Find them on Facebook at The Outer Vibe or check out www.outervibe.com for tour dates, music, merch, and more. We'll see you next week for another meeting of the Gold Key Adventure Society. And until then, remember, life is short and the world is wide. So go have an adventure.